My favorite TV show of all time would be the modern classic Breaking Bad. I absolutely love it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I recommend you do. It is, it, it's dark, don't get me wrong, it is very, very dark. Uh, but it is an incredible series of storytelling. It's really sort of a modern version of Macbeth. And without spoiling a great deal of it, uh, it deals with a man by the name of Walter White. Walter White is a rather straight-laced husband and father. He and his wife have a disabled son. He's a chemistry teacher. But Walter White gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. He doesn't have a lot of money, so in order to uh, get money to pay for his cancer treatments, he starts maybe using his chemistry skills to make crystal meth, to pay for his treatments. He starts dealing it as well. And all throughout the series, especially in the early times, uh, he justifies it to himself, and whenever anyone asks him about it, he tells others, he simply says, I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for my family. At the very beginning, it's kind of comical, this very nerdy, straight-laced guy getting into that kind of business. There's a couple of hijinks that are downright hilarious. But eventually, Walter White kind of gets good at his sinful vice. And the sin gradually starts to consume him and his life and destroys those around him. And he resembles less and less of a nice husband and father and resembles, by contrast, more of a violent kingpin. He turns into a very, very violent man. And you become much less sympathetic to him as he goes further and further down the path of evil. To the point that in the final episode of the series, as everything he has worked for is being destroyed, Walter White finally admits to his wife, I liked it, and I was good at it. Gradually, he had become attached to his sin, to the point that it was no longer a necessary evil for him, something that he actually grew to like. Sin has a way of doing that in our lives. And again, at the end of the series, you realize the words of St. Paul, the sting of death is sin. Or as he says in another place in Scripture, the wages of sin is death. Sin taken to its absolute and final end leads us to a life separated from God and from those that we love. And the author C.S. Lewis, I think, describes this reality in a rather similar way in his book, The Great Divorce. If you haven't read it, I urge you to do so. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. And he likens the choices that we make, choices of good and evil, to a series of forks in a road. And at each fork, there is a decision. In each decision, we go further and further maybe down the path. To the point that Lewis says, life is not like a river where everyone is going the same direction and we all stay within the confines of that path. He says, in, by contrast, life instead is like a tree with many branches going off into a whole host of different directions. And every bit of that branch where it branches out, there's one of those forks, one of those decisions, with a whole lot of different paths for us to choose, rather than one specific one that we're all aiming towards. And Lewis goes on to say that one of the biggest fallacies of modern life is thinking that if we keep going down the path that we are on, if it's a path of sin, if we keep going down that path, we're eventually going to meet up 
with the path of goodness. We'll, we'll eventually meet up with one of those branches that's good and we'll be able to just get right back on the road. So that's one of the biggest fallacies of modern life. Thinking that life is like a circle that will eventually come back around or that we'll find our center, as the New Age people like to say. We think that we'll eventually cross paths with and encounter goodness once again. That we can keep going the way that we are going because we're going to meet up with a good path in the end. That's certainly the assumption that many of us have. And that was the assumption I had when I began watching Breaking Bad. That this man, Walter White, was eventually going to find his way back toward goodness, that he's going to take all of his passions, his talents and gifts that are real, and eventually be able to put them back onto the straight and narrow, hoping that he would steer all these things back to the path of goodness. But there comes a point in Breaking Bad, it's normally a different point for everyone in the series, where you realize that absent a massive conversion of hearts, Walter White is not going to meet up with the path of goodness. It's not possible for evil to meet up with goodness and that we can be converted that way. Because to once again reach the path of goodness, we have to go all the way back. Back to where that error first occurred in our decision making. Back closer towards the trunk of the tree, you could say. And we have to begin anew from that point. We're not going to be able to convert our hearts by simply going on the path that we are and run into goodness that way. Evil can be undone, brothers and sisters, but it cannot develop into good. Evil can be undone, but it cannot develop into good. There's a reason why Christ says in our gospel, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. We are known by our fruits, and absent a conversion of the tree itself, we are not all of a sudden going to start producing different fruits than what our tree is going to give us. If, the, if our tree is rotting, we will be producing bad fruits. If we want to change the fruit, we have to look at the tree itself and maybe cure the tree, rather than try to graft another fruit on and hope that it's going to happen that way. And again, you get to a point in Breaking Bad where you realize that Walter White, for all of his stated good intentions, will not just come upon the path of righteousness and take it. He is so far down the path that unless he makes a radical change, he's going to end up further and further away. Good fruit will not come from his tree that throughout the series gradually rots and rots away. Again, sin taken to its logical and final conclusion always leads to a separation from God. The sting of death is sin, and the wages of sin is death. But thankfully, brothers and sisters, our sins do not have to have the final word. There is hope for us, and that hope lies in the sacrament of reconciliation that allows us to restart that journey, to go back to the start, be able to begin again. Now, all of us, myself included, myself definitely included, we all make choices that over time can lead to us being out on a rather far-flung limb, a rather far-flung limb away from the path of goodness, and we need help. And the sacrament of reconciliation with its redemptive power 
allows us to go back and to be able to begin again. Because we will not find grace by continuing down the path that we are going, especially if it is a path of sin. And we can try to maneuver our lives and think that we are close to goodness, but reality, brothers and sisters, is that evil cannot coexist with good. We need to go back and start again. And it is beautiful that God gives us this sacrament to renew our souls and to restart our journeys. No matter how many times we might need it, our Lord is there for us to give us another chance. Now, an important caveat has to be made. That when we get back to that first decision, to that first fork in the road, we can see the path of, of evil and the path of goodness. And if we've been down that path of evil a few times, that path is a little bit more well-worn. Sort of like the path that I walk from the church to the rectory every day at the parish. It's well-worn down over the course of the winter. You know, the grass is trampled a little bit. It's an easy path, and it's certainly easier to walk down a trail in the woods as opposed to go through the brush. And if you haven't been down the path of goodness, it's going to seem like walking through the brush. And that path toward sin is so easy to traverse because we've been down it time and time again. And reconciliation does not change that. We have to be real. Reconciliation does, does give us another chance to choose again. As long as we have breath on this earth, brothers and sisters, we have a God who is willing to give us a chance with his mercy. And if we are close to the Lord in his sacraments, especially the sacrament of reconciliation, we have very little to fear in this life or the next. You know, we are about to begin the season of Lent. I may have a challenge for all of you over the course of this season to, of course, go to confession. But I want to encourage you to go twice, at least twice, in fact. All of us should make confession a regular part of our spiritual lives. It's unfortunate that confession is far underutilized in our church. If people think mass attendance is pretty dismal, let me tell you, confession numbers are even more dismal. We think not a lot of people go to mass, even less go to confession. But it's a sacrament that we all need, that we all need on a regular basis. So it's important that we utilize it. You know, I'll be available for confessions before Mass on Wednesday. I know you guys are on spring break the week after that. But every Wednesday, that's why I'm here. Because I love hearing confessions. It's one of the most important things that I do as a priest. And it's the sacrament, honestly, that I love giving out the most. Because you can genuinely see a before and after often in the person's face when they go to confession. So brothers and sisters, don't allow sin to go to its logical conclusion. Don't allow it to take you further and further away from goodness. And go to confession during the course of this Lent. And allow God to bestow his mercy on you and begin the journey toward goodness once again.